Hello, Peabod friends. This episode was recorded prior to the university-wide closure due to COVID-19, but fear not, we are still around. You can get in touch with the PLA through the library's Chat Now service, linked below. We will also be adding online activities to keep everyone connected, so make sure you stay in touch. Welcome to PeerPod, where you are the peer and we are the pod. Here at the PeerPod studios, we've extracted the sweet, sweet juice from our freshly squeezed student experience, and we have bottled it for a reasonable price, free and fresh for the download. We are dripping with knowledge, and we really can't wait to share with you our words of motivation, experience, and of course, our stories. Hello and welcome back to the PeerPod podcast, the podcast where you are the peers and we here are your pod. We are coming at you from our ThinkSpace studio. I'm your host, Life Coach Layla, and today I'm joined by a panel of students who are slightly less confused about university life than you might be because they asked for help. So today I am joined by David, second year economics and law student. Welcome. Hey, nice to be here. I'm also joined by Jordan, a second year law and arts student. Hey. <laughs> Welcome. And lastly, we also have Arcady, a seventh year master's of education student. Welcome. Hello. Seasoned vet. Good yeah, to see that's you. Me. <laughs> One thing I wish I did during my many years of university was ask for help. As soon as I did, I cannot even begin to tell you how transformative it actually was for my university experience. So in today's episode, we will be discussing all things helpful to enhance your student experience. So there's a big difference between high school and university. What would we say are some of the culture shocks going from a high school environment to a university environment? The biggest difference for me was that looking in high school, even when the times were tough academically, you could sort of get past it on your own. Um, in my very first microeconomics tutor, they had this math diagnostic quiz and, and in retrospect the questions were like really easy it was like two points on a graph give me the equation of the line like really simple what do you early. mean you lost me already with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too at the time um but you know i hadn't done math for like a year and a half at that point so i had just no clue what was going on and i was sitting there for about like 20 25 minutes trying to figure out how to do this question everyone else on the table around me were already finished talking amongst themselves and i was just way too embarrassed to ask for help so in hindsight that was the very sort of first culture shock i got from uni stuff is tough in uni and you can't get past it on your own like you could uh, in high school i think yeah for sure and i think also adding to that in high school if you were to fall behind or not keep up say there will always be someone there to help you before it becomes too late because they obviously want you to do well whereas when you reach university it's really up to you to pick up your game and no one's going to be there to tell you that you're not performing to a standard until it is too late and you're failing your degree. So I think that making sure, being proactive and making sure that you're on the right track yourself, which comes from making the choice to ask for help, is very helpful in making the transition from high school to university. I think really like one of the things you have to remember when you're starting university, and I guess maybe the biggest difference compared to high school, is high school is very much like a collective experience. You're there with the same students every day, mm. the same teachers. You're there for so long that kind of you know how everything works. Everyone knows who you are. And there's that constant like support and reinforcement of everything you do. When you come to uni, I mean, at Sydney Uni, we have maybe 50,000, 60,000 students. It's like, it's a huge community. You can very easily just be one individual in this giant mass. And there's kind of, you don't have all of those same personal connections. It's not just the same way where you're always being supported through that. And you really have to take those opportunities to kind of actually make the effort to speak to people, to make sure that you're being supported in the right ways. Otherwise, it's so easy that you'll just kind of get lost in the crowd Absolutely. and Absolutely. Yeah, have, no, have not have that support that you really need. I think you guys bring up a good point as well. There's that, I don't want to say intimacy, it sounds kind of wrong saying intimacy, but <laughs> with a classroom of, let's say, 30, yeah. 35, what are they, what are you up to, 40 now? I think they're coming 40 in a <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah. Um, with one teacher, it is a lot more intimate than having hundreds in a room um, for one lecture. A university professor is, is not going to know you more personally and not going to know what, you know, you might need help with and things like that. So it's really up to you to identify where you need help. A professor is just going to come in, bang, do his show, then leave. They'll never know if you need help yeah. if you don't say something. They will never know. And yeah. they see too many students in a day yeah. to be able to care on that level as well. Exactly. Yeah, and that's a really good point because I think 
the sort of weird and I guess terrifying thing I figured out about a month into last year was that you could go your entire degree without talking to a single person in a position of you know academic authority. Mm, That's like really bad, you know, because there are a lot of stuff you need to actually proactively do to require their help. And do you know what? It's a lot more content. Yeah, that's the thing with the content kind of topics changing each week. Get in there quick, get in there early because as the semester builds up and everything snowballs and you've got a heap of work, you know, it's not just you, other students have a heap of work as well. By the time people start going, okay, I really should ask for help, you've yeah. got the lecturers are even more time poor by that stage and then they've got a lot more volume of students coming to them asking things as well. So getting in early and asking for help and identifying things quickly is honestly the best way rather than waiting until it's too late or waiting to, you know, you might not have time to meet with those lecturers um, one-on-one anymore as you might have had before. Yeah, definitely. Don't like pour the too cool for school mentality because it's going to be <laughs> grades too low for school <laughs> at some point if you keep doing that. So just like be on top of it. Don't be afraid to interact with your tutors and lecturers yeah. as much as you can. Plus I think controversial, but it's okay to be a teacher's pet even in yeah. university. It actually like we're all pays. adults, you know. There's <laughs> exactly. no such thing as a teacher's pet anymore. That's yeah. a really interesting point because people, I guess in high school, that's that was a barrier for people asking for help. Yeah. Um, it's just not wanting to seem too keen, which is... I don't know, apparently a shame point. But at university, like, <laughs> professors actually appreciate it. Like, it is their life's work, basically, exactly. mm. what they do. And when you show an interest in that, they it's they won't reject it. They really will embrace the fact that you were keen to learn. So, like, it even can be, like, a great way if you're not sure about kind of what you want to do in the rest of your degree or other opportunities later on. If you kind of build up those relationships with the lecturers, then suddenly they'll be like, well, you know, I'm teaching this course next year that you might be interested in. Or, you know, there's this opportunity to come and do some, like, research over the summer within this department that you mm. might not have known about otherwise that allows you to really follow your passion as well. That's a great That's point. a really good point yeah. because I think we've now transformed what we consider asking for help, which sounds really desperate to some people. In some <laughs> and now it sounds like you're, it's basically, I'm networking. Okay. I, I love that mindset change. And I think actually, look, it just came to us now, right? But um, I think it's a really good point to make. Another thing I think was a culture shock is when you realize that... Um, I think a lot of people come to university and can feel a little bit stupid. Not stupid, but yeah. a bit intimidated by all the knowledge around them. And I think going from high school, you're in such a small pond and a lot of students that are used to topping their class come to university and realize they're Definitely. with a bunch of other students that also topped their class. Mm -hmm. um, and also, so your marks end up going from maybe you ace classes in high school and you get like 100 to now you're like passing or credits. Yeah. Like it's okay. And I think a lot of people look at themselves as, oh, I'm, I'm in the University of Sydney. It's one of, if not like the most prestigious sandstone university in, in the country or whatever and like yeah maybe it is but that that probably just means that you're going up against a lot tougher competition and that probably does mean that you need to actually do a lot more to be humble and to ask for help than mm. you would than you would otherwise why do people not seek help so i find a lot of people generally wait until it's too late what would you say it's just some of those barriers that really get in the way it's a good thing that we have so many kind of systems and ideas available and places and people that you can go and speak to but it really is you know, you see them all and you can be overwhelmed, especially, you know, if you're trying to look on the website sometimes, it's very easy to get lost, you mm -hmm. know, huge campus, huge amount of people, huge amount of potential places to get help. Mm. And if you have a, you know, sometimes a complex query or you have a problem that you're not sure exactly where it fits in, you can, I think, maybe fall into the trap of, you know, spending a lot of time going to speak to like the wrong people and then feeling disheartened because, yeah, you know, they true. can't necessarily Definitely. help you in the way it wasn't that the right you want place to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think another boundary um, that I definitely struggle pressure and you get that certain academics, tutors or anyone really at the uni are burdened by your questions, mm -hmm. um, which majority of the time is not the case at all. I mean, you will get that one harsh tutor that wants to run after class, but most of the time, like we said before, they're more than happy to help. Um, it's 
it's their job, their purpose is to teach and asking a question is just a part of that process. I also wanted to talk about how you were just saying before about how prestigious university and things like that and a lot of people come and they feel they mm. feel like I'm pretty smart to come here kind of thing. And I think that's another barrier that can stop people from asking questions is that feeling of, oh, well, I'm expected to know, I'm expected to be smart. And if I ask questions, I'm going to reveal myself as being like an imposter here or something. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the thing of, you know, thinking that everyone else is like completely okay with every situation and they kind of understand everything Mm. and that, you know, you're the only person who's having difficulty with anything. And so I like, I know in my first years at uni, I was kind of often, if I ever was kind of submitting an assignment late or something, I was always really ashamed to like let other people in the class know mm. that I hadn't finished it because of, you know, mm-hmm. whatever issues or I was too tired or, you know, mm. really struggling with it. And because I was like, well, everyone else, everyone else could manage to do it like fine. You know, what's wrong with me? Mm. And then kind of the further you get in and you kind of discuss with some other people and you realize, oh, you know, I wasn't the only person yeah. who had that thing. You know, <laughs> Some of my friends also submitted it late or, you know, they had their own issues. And when you kind of realize that it's not you alone feeling these things definitely you can kind of then build up support from that and it also makes you feel a lot better in terms of your own i guess self-worth that Mm. you know you're not there's not something wrong with you just because you had a had trouble with something and also um also anxiety i think a lot of people it does Mm. asking a question there's that certain level of social anxiety which is just Mm. amplified depend especially depending on who you ask sometimes it can be really intimidating to approach a lecturer well if you are suffering a great deal with social anxiety and it is being a it is a massive barrier between you and getting the help that you need um, it is really important to speak to someone about that as well and to try to work through that overcoming that is going to be a skill that you're going to need not just for university but also for the rest of your life and i think it's like quite reassuring often when you do ask for help when you kind of you receive you know from a lecturer or from you know disability services or whoever and you suddenly receive that support that you needed beforehand and you can kind of see that they understand the problem and they kind of want to help you that's like really beneficial i think for well obviously both for helping you kind of overcome that problem but also in terms of your confidence and your feelings that you know you're not at fault and everything is kind of has the potential to work out in the end I think as well for um, my heart particularly goes out to international students because asking for help in another language is Mm -hmm. just a whole nother level of difficulty. And it can be hard with the language barrier to explain exactly what you want or exactly what you're needing to know as well. But just know people are patient. Um, We're here with you. And there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can even ask for help. So if you find coming, um, speaking to someone in person is maybe not your thing. I mean, we live in the age of like email (laughs) and things like that. So for international students, if you're sort of ever feeling anxious about asking for help, in a second language, just sort of look at us and think if we were asking for help in your native oh. language, <laughs> how badly will we screw I up? Couldn't. And, I couldn't. and that's it. Like, you guys are fine. Just go for it. Because everyone's happy to help. No one's going to really turn you down. And if, you, if they do, you go to the next person and ask. It won't happen twice. Yeah, no, yeah. And if you do get turned down, don't take it personally. Like, you imagine if there's someone walking around campus and they're really busy and they're really stressed and you stop them to ask a question and they just, you felt like they were abrupt. You didn't know that that was what they were experiencing, that they were in a stress mode and they were trying to get somewhere as well. So it wasn't about you and it wasn't about not wanting to help you, but I'm just saying just as a hypothetical situation that just consider that not to take it personally because you don't know what someone is experiencing when you go to ask them. Even lecturers, sometimes they have really busy periods. Like they're not able to help you. I mean, every question you ask is going to lead you a lot closer to getting getting there in the end anyway. So just make sure you get that ball rolling. So what would you say in your experience is are the most frequently asked questions? What does everyone want to know? Mm. Where things are on campus. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Still pretty big yeah. day. So I, I think I'm like the one asking those questions. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just use the Lawson Campus app. It's yeah. a massive, massive university. So Exactly. On the UCID app, I think it's just been recently upgraded now. There's a maps function on there and you can actually see room numbers. You go into the quad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. I swear like the staircases move in the quad and it's like it just hogwarts. <laughs> the, <Yeah. laughs> there's this room, um, I don't know if any of the listeners you've ever been, but called Sorry Dixon. And I, like, yeah. I swear it's a front <laughs> for something shady, right? Because yeah, you have to get through like... The car literally go through the fire escape door and go upstairs <laughs> to find your room yeah I, I guess the other type of question probably would be around the social life and you know where can i join up how do i make a solid group of friends on uni as well and i think like because students those social questions probably kind of affect how you do in uni as well so those get asked pretty yeah, often social your yeah. social experience here is a big part of um i guess university lifestyle and and also i'd say enjoying your university lifestyle you can't well you can if you want to but i wouldn't advise it but if you just go in like an individual and you don't you know build those networks or those connections with people you'll have a really isolating and lonely experience yeah Mm. you'll also might find it a lot more difficult to actually get through the work so a lot of the social side as well also helps you academically because you're building connections with people that could you know might be able to fill knowledge gaps that you had you know, don't have or you missed or say you missed a day of class and you need to catch up on something that those friends notes might, might be really valuable or um, study groups are definitely something I relied on a lot is just to bounce ideas off each other and to teach each other different things we didn't know. Yeah. So it's a huge academic advantage to be social at uni as well. I, I think half my own notes are <laughs> stolen. Actually, more than stolen. half. <laughs> I gotta be, yeah. No, they, they uh, grace, gracefully gave me into them. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like like the un- the university social experience is kind of quite unique compared to anything else you're mm. going to experience oh, in yeah. life. Like there's not many other places where, you know, you have all these clubs and societies that you can join or you have all these other like fun free events just like happening on campus every free day. Free food. Free food. Oh, you know, yeah. get through your whole week without buying anything. <laughs> there, there was a week when I had, uh, I think, $1.08 in my bank account. So, I yeah, I, I did have to <laughs> take advantage of yeah, that wasn't my worst week financially. <laughs> I think another question regarding the social life at uni was what events should I attend? Mm. Mm. And short answer, at least I gave to the mentees, was as many as you can, yeah. mm. especially in the first few weeks because there are so many on. I mean, if you go on the USU website and look at the calendar, I'm pretty sure there is an event on every weekday. Like, Definitely. And also the library um, yeah. hosts a number of events. So you guys might just think that traditionally the library is just where you go oh, if you want a book. It is so much more than that. It is so integral to your academic experience as well. I, I really think the library is the heart of the university, sure. I would say. I'm not just saying that because I work for the library, <laughs> but I'm saying there's just so much not just knowledge that you can get that would help you academically for your degree, um, but also socially as well. So a lot of the workshops and events that the library hosts are helping you with things like referencing and searching and Mm. and all other kinds of academic questions. But then we also have social events as well. Free food again. So (laughs) David, you can, (laughs) on a hard week, come join us. Hard month, maybe. (laughs) So I'm a peer learning advisor. So we work for the library. We are postgraduate students as well, but we're senior postgraduate students so we have been here for a long time so basically we we know a lot of the services available we know a lot of the commonly asked questions and the answers to them so we are really good first contact if come and ask us we're in the library spaces we have our red shirts on we're able to either answer the question that you have or we're able to connect you to the service that you that would best fit whatever question that you actually have as well so and we're, we're not intimidating we're like we're, we're students as well so we, we completely understand and we've been here for a long time so we definitely we probably even experienced firsthand actually what you've gone through yeah. so yeah hit us up <laughs> you heard it folks go make friends with Layla <laughs> um so so another question is often you know the very almost existential of what am I doing here <laughs> what am I going to do with my life what am I going to do with my degree um, am I going to get a job? You know, all those kind mm. of fun little ones. Um, 
which, you know, is obviously very individual, but it's really useful to know that in a lot of degrees, you know, there's a lot of flexibility in the kinds of subjects you can do. You know, there's that little period at the start of each semester where you can change your units in the first couple of weeks. And I've often found, you know, if you go onto the UCID website, there's a list of academic advisors for every degree in faculty, um, unless you're in the business school, unfortunately. <laughs> so you just have to work that. Yeah. Um, but for everything else, there's like this long list and it's people who are academics for each kind of discipline or subject area and are so knowledgeable about, you know, what you can achieve within that area, how to kind of sort out your degree, what subjects you should take. Very friendly, very open for you, just sending them an email or, you know, making an appointment to come and discuss kind of anything you need to know about how to complete your degree, which is just like such a valuable resource mm. for mm. making sure that, you know, you're not going to have to stay an extra year if you do the wrong unit or, you know, offering advice about how you should be progressing through. Yeah. And you can actually book an academic liaison librarian, so an ALL off the library website. So that's also academic support um, and faculty specific academic support. So what would you say, what resources and services do you think helped you the most? Um, Again, use the library, and this is in particular. Yes, yes. go, David, go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> um, but, like, because like, in high school, you don't really tend to use the library aside from a place where, like, I don't know, you get out novels or just to chill, mm. right? But here, it's, like, there's just a treasure trove of, like, past, I don't know, PDFs or journals or articles and, yep, like, textbooks as well that you can just access for free digitally online and that's super important because again compared to high school and uni you really do need to take advantage of some of those resources plus as a sydney uni student you get access to things that you would usually have to pay for yeah i always feel really spoiled when i'm like i try to access an article and it's like 86 dollars, and i'm like oh what and then you go through the library yeah. and it's like free <laughs> Um, yeah. And free textbooks as well. I think David's just saved us all a couple of hundred just by mentioning <laughs> that. Yeah. So one thing that helped with me transitioning from high school where I barely even stepped foot in the library to university where your success can depend on whether you're using resources or not um, was library workshops. It can be quite intimidating to try work around databases or work around even the library website and figure out exactly what resource you need which is why the library provides workshops all year round, which are really helpful. And you just alluded to it, but um, I would say it in another way, but it gives you that academic edge. So it's really yeah. mm. like if you want your paper, your any kind of assessment you're doing, a thesis to be just the best it possibly can be, that's all going to be dependent on what resources you have, you actually access Been learning how to search properly and developing like your EndNote skills as well, knowing how to just, it's going to save you a lot of hassle, just being getting to be organized, getting to access information and, and not doing the same searches over and over again, just learning some skills and how to do some good, proper, mm. decent searches for your assignments will just go a long way and just give you that academic edge. Google so Scholar alone won't <laughs> help you throughout your whole university. No. You need more. <laughs> and also, guys, you're listening to it now, but the PeerPod podcast. So in today's episode, we're talking about help. But previously, we've also done episodes on making friends. So giving you guys some advice on that. Um, we've also done ones on career and degree direction, um, getting help with that as well. So check out our previous episodes as well. That could also be helpful and answer some questions that you have. So another thing I think the difference between going from high school to university as well is referencing is a lot more of a... Tougher nut to crack. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's something that there's a lot more attention paid to it now than ever has been before. So this is something I want a lot of students to be really aware of is to make sure you understand how to reference properly so that you are either not done for plagiarism, but also so that your assignment can be the best that it can possibly be. Turnitin <laughs> is such a snitch. So you don't oh, know. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. On by a bot, exactly. so. <laughs> it is a professional environment. It is an academic environment and plagiarism and copyright is taken very seriously. So Definitely. this is something I would, I would really stress if you take something from this episode, know your referencing, know the style 
style guides. Yeah, um, which are luckily conveniently on the library website. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it's a skill you want to learn anyway. Look, it's not it's not fun to talk about, but it is it's a skill at the end of the day. It's going to help you. It's going to polish off your work. So to wrap up today's episode, what are some take-home tips um, for asking for help? Um, my only real one would be shoot your shot. Like, just go for it. Everything, yeah. all of the services, all of the networks we've discussed here, you are very unlikely to obtain any of them if you don't go out there and make an effort. Yeah, I think it's being wise asking for help. Because it's what I'm sure all the greats in history have ever done. Anyone who's ever been noted as being intelligent, smart, asked a lot of questions. Mm. Gain as much knowledge as you can while you're here. Mm. You are here to learn. Um, you're not here to show up and know everything. You don't know everything. Um, and that's in life. You, you won't know everything. So you'll constantly be needing to ask questions and seek help. It's completely normal to ask for help and it's going to benefit you in the end. Well, there you have it. Thanks for joining us. We hope it has been helpful. <laughs> uh, we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>